Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, and on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show. And I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome. Today we are going to take it in with Luke 15, 13, using my step-by-step Bible study method. You will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. Luke 15, 13 in the NIV. I'll just tell you before I even read this, I've I was a little intimidated to do this verse because it's in the story of the prodigal son pulling out one verse in such a beloved story. I thought, oh my goodness, should we tackle this? But I'm like, oh yes, yes, we should. So I'm excited to dig into this with you. But Luke 15, 13 in the NIV says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And I'm just going to tell you off the bat, if it's been a little while, if you've never, or if it's been a little while, uh, read the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, I'm just going to encourage you to to get in there and read the whole thing. But we are going to focus on this one verse, just a quick book overview for the gospel of Luke. This is from the Passion Translation. And if you're interested in the resources I use as I put together an episode like this, you can find all of those in the show notes. The author is Luke who was a physician, a friend, and a companion to Paul. He also wrote the book of Acts. He was probably a Gentile, possibly from Antioch. And Luke, being a physician, this is from the Passion Translation still, learned the need to exhibit compassion and mercy towards others. It comes through in every chapter. Luke's gospel is perhaps the most compassionate and love-filled account of Jesus's life ever written. That's a direct quote from the Passion Translation. The audience is Theophilus. It's addressed to Theophilus and all, quote, lovers of God. The date written is the late AD 60s, though possibly 70 to 85. There's just some, not disagreement, but difference of opinion of when the gospel was written. It is an ancient historical biography. That's the type of literature. And the major themes are Jesus' person, Jesus' works, the kingdom realm, the Christian life, social dimensions, and the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the book, and this is from the Bible Knowledge Commentary, says to confirm the faith of Theophilus, to show his faith rested on firm historical fact, and also to present Jesus as the son of man who had been rejected by Israel. And because of this rejection, Jesus was also preached to Gentiles, so which Gentiles is a non-Jewish person, so they could attain salvation. Chapter 15, where we are hanging out today, 
this is from the Enduring Word commentary, says that uh, the Enduring Word says that the theme of chapter 15 is the joy of finding the lost. And the first part of the chapter talks about the lost sheep and the lost coin. And then the second part talks about finding the lost son. We're going to be in the first part of that story, and that is how the son came to be lost. So the younger son, there are two brothers. The younger son has gone to the father to ask for his his inheritance early, which isn't terribly uncommon or wasn't terribly uncommon, but was a little bit uncommon. Usually the inheritance was divided up um, at the time when the father no longer like managed the resources, if you will. That's what I've learned from studying a few cultural things. But the fact that he went to him and sort of asked for it, demanded it was kind of unusual. And then he, the father grants him his request and gives him his part of the inheritance. And then we get into our verse, which is again, Luke 15, 13, that says not long after that, not long after he received his inheritance, the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Step one in the step-by-step Bible study method is to choose our word. And our word today is squandered. Say that a few times. It's kind of a fun one to say, squandered. (laughs) The definition is to waste, to lavish, to splurge, to spend lavishly or profusely, or to dissipate. A couple of uh, definitions underneath that. So it's the definition of squandered is to waste or to lavish. Lavish means expending or bestowing profusely or prodigal which often this this parable is called the prodigal son. And prodigal means wasteful or extravagant. The opposite of squandered is to save, conserve, economize, keep, manage, store, accumulate, make good use of, or set aside. There's just this heaviness of wastefulness for me. And I don't know about you, but I hate wasting things. I hate wasting money. I hate wasting time. I always say I have this thing that I say to my family sometimes, especially if I'm trying to make a decision about how to spend something where I'm like every moment and every dollar spends one time. And so I want to be really careful about where I spend these precious resources. I think the most valuable resource we have is our time. The most valuable resource anyone has is their time. And I hate wasting it. And also, if we have money, that is a very valuable resource, not just because it can buy us things to make us more comfortable, which is often how we view the money, um, but because it can do so much good in the world. And so how we spend our time and money is just so important. And I just hate the idea of squandering any of it. And so these words about spending lavishly, dissipating, wasting Oh, they just, they've hurt me. Step two in the step-by-step Bible study method is to investigate. And we divide that up in four parts. Part one is to compare the word in other translations. TPT says wasted. Darby says dissipated. NLV says spent all he had. NTE said spent his share. And YLT said scattered his substance. So you just have this idea of just like having a handful of something and just throwing it away but not scattering it like for a purpose, like seeds that you hope will grow, but just scattering it and walking away and never even reaping any kind of benefit, you or anyone else reaping any kind of benefit from the scattering. Part two in the investigate step 
is to research the original word. The Strong's number is G1287, diascorpidso, diascorpidso, which means to dissipate, to separate, or to winnow. Winnow means to toss about by blowing or to set in motion with fan, with a fan or wings. Um, when there was, I'm going to speak from my memory, so I might not be 100% on this, but during the harvest, I think during the barley harvest, maybe specifically, maybe other harvests, but one of the things that they would do, they would, they would winnow the harvest and they would, uh, to separate the good that came off like the stalk or whatever from the chaff or the the waste, right? And so there was this process of separating or blowing about or winnowing so that the valuable thing could stay with them and the wasteful thing could be moved along, if you will, right? And so there's this idea of winnowing his wealth, his resources, like just scattering them to the four winds, blowing them about, except in this situation, it's all just wasted and it's not, there's not a, like a value that's staying with him. It comes from a couple of base words. One of them means to pierce, which eventually leads us to a primary verb that means to dig. And those words get a little bit farther away from this word that means squander, but I did pause on them because I think of the negative effects of this kind of wastefulness And there is a lot of times a word that I've studied ends up taking me back to a word that means to pierce. And I think there's so much about when our heart wanders, when we are behaving in ways that are contrary to God's will for our lives. We leave an opening for the enemy to pierce our heart with his lie. We turn away from the promises of God. We turn away from the faithfulness of God. We turn away from our trust in God. And instead, we embrace this like worldly resource that we can't hang on to that if not used, whatever our resources, if we're not using them for the glory of God, it's just like wasting it, scattering it, dissipating. And that behavior pierces our heart with shame. With guilt, which if you read a little farther in this story is exactly what the younger brother begins to face. And we dig ourselves into a mess, if you will, because we have made decisions contrary to the way that God would have us use our resources. So again, those meanings or those words were, you know, definitely some layers down. But when I saw those words, they did make my heart pause because I thought, hmm. This is what happens, right? When we start out on a path and we are wasteful with the things that God has blessed us with in our life, then we end up in this in this place that's really hard. Part three of the investigate step is to read commentary. Here's one thing from the enduring word that I thought was kind of funny. The son left the area to become independent of the father and lived a prodigal or reckless, foolish, extravagant life. And then it says, no doubt it was fun while it lasted. (laughs) And I thought, oh my goodness, isn't that true? Sometimes when we are tempted to step outside what we know is best, that initial sort of high, (laughs) that initial feeling of rebellion, 
can be fun, but then the fall is painful, is it not? And I just thought that was kind of a little bit sarcasm in that uh, in that commentary. No doubt it was fun while it lasted, but then, but then he falls hard. Yeah. William Barclay in his commentary says um, says this on the three things lost in Luke 15. So again, this chapter is about three lost things: a coin, a sheep, and the sun. And Barclay says this: we must finally note that these three parables are not simply three ways of stating the same thing. There is a difference. The sheep went lost through sheer foolishness. It did not think. And many a man would escape sin if he thought in time. The coin was lost through no fault of its own. Many man is led astray and God will not hold him guiltless who has taught another to sin. The son deliberately went lost, callously turning his back on his father. The love of God can defeat the foolishness of man the seduction of the tempting voices, and even the deliberate rebellion of the heart. So hold on to that. Even if there are things that you are carrying with you today that you know, I'm here because I did this. I made this bad choice. And um, yeah, and it's mine. You know, this mess is mine. If that happens to be where you are today in some way, remember this encouragement that the love of God can defeat even the deliberate rebellion of the heart. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says, The younger son took that wealth, went far away, and squandered it in wild living, involving himself presumably, as his older brother said, a little bit later in, in our, than when our, where our verse is today, as the older brother said, with prostitutes. That's in verse 30. The hearers immediately would have begun to understand the point of the story. Jesus had been criticized for associating with sinners. The sinners were considered people who were far away from God, squandering their lives in riotous living. In contrast with the younger son, the older son continued to remain with the father and did not engage in such practices. In that commentary, there's one thing that stands out to me about the sinners were considered people who were far away from God, squandering their lives in riotous living. And I think it's real. it can be really easy for us in the church or those of us who have a relationship with Jesus to look at those outside the church, those sinners, those whatever, and say, that's what squandering is, right? That's what squandering is. But I know that God has opened my heart to this understanding of that squandering is that. Squandering is living your life for something other than God, for sure. But squandering is also walking around as a defeated Christian. When Jesus offers us an abundance of joy and rest and peace and hope, that is ours to claim. That's our inheritance. We have it now. We can live in the inheritance now. And when we walk around hopeless, defeated, discouraged, anxious, weary, exhausted. I say often the enemy knows he can't unsave us. So he works to unsatisfy us. And when we walk around unsatisfied, we are just as much squandering the inheritance that we've been given, wasting the inheritance we've been giving, given as this younger son was, or as people are who are outside, if you will, the things that we know to be bringing eternal life. 
we know to be bringing kingdom values. That's been uh, that's been a difficult thing for me to sit with, but very, very valuable. That's been a very valuable thing for me to sit with. Okay, part four of the investigate step is to rewrite the verse. I'm going to read it again from the original. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And so I said this, soon after the child got from her father what she wanted, she took it and went away from her father. And while she was away from him, she wasted all he had given her in things that would never bring her peace. Step three is find the character, the heart of God. And I wrote down that God is willing to yield. He will let us decide for ourselves when we insist on doing so. But he is also merciful. He welcomes us back when we want to come home. Step four is to identify the lie of the enemy. And I wrote these two things down. That the wasting will bring you contentment and joy. We talked about that temporary high, did we not? And also the wasting will not use up all your resources. Somehow we think that that which we are wasting is infinite or it's unending, right? And the reality is there comes a hitting bottom for all of us if we continue on in a squandering lifestyle. Step five is so what, where we write down our takeaway. And this is my takeaway. I write, I wrote it to myself this time. I said, Angie, be watching for where you're squandering the resources God has given you. And when you realize you are wasting his gifts, don't hesitate. Turn and run. Run back to him and let him receive you back into his presence. Thanks for hanging out with me today for a few minutes. I would love to hear your takeaway. If you have a takeaway you want to send to me, you can email me at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast. That helps the show so much. And it also guarantees that you see new episodes as soon as they drop. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for our Live It Out episode with Doug Brower. Doug and I talk about the temptation to chase after wind or chase after meaningful things instead of focusing on accumulating eternal treasures while we are here. And Doug's message and the idea of squandering our inheritance found in today's verse, Luke 15, 13, are deeply connected. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.